Hello, my name is Vivian Odunze, Obilom, your host. This is Radio Access. You, you, democracy, democracy, and talk. talks. Hashtag Ready to Vote, a civic intervention podcast series brought to you by Kimpact Development Initiative KDI in partnership with National Endowment for Democracy, NED. This podcast aims to stimulate conversations in Nigeria towards increasing youth voters' turnout in elections. Powered by Access Media Network. Welcome to another episode of the hashtag ready to vote podcast series as you know it's an intervention program put together by Kimpact development initiative kdi to encourage more voter participation in the forthcoming elections of Ekiti and ocean states it's good to know you're there to listen uh i mean it's good to know you're there to listen to the discussion of the day and of course we hope you participate by sharing your thoughts with us using our social media handles at kdi nigeria for facebook and for twitter it's at kdi underscore ng or lowercase looking forward to having you well a lot has happened in the past days within the states looking at the equity primaries which went well within the PDP, but is in contention within the APC, the defection saga, and what have you. In Osho, of course, the primaries for the APC is, is slated for you know, February 19th, and for the PDP, March 7th. And for us at KDI, we're looking at how and exercise their civic right, which is participating in the voting process of the, I mean, of the elections that would be coming up in, in, in a few months' time. Well, it's another time to have a discussion around what is happening within the state. And I'm not going to be doing that alone. Today, I have another guest. Um, we are talking about Mr. Nelson Akerele, a graduate of public administration with a master's degree in gender and development studies. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Um, good afternoon, dear listeners. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be on the show today. Um, thank you, Kimpat um, Development Initiative, for having me on the show. Good afternoon once again. You're welcome, sir. It's so good to have you join us. Well, you have heard all I said from my introductions, and we are, we are talking elections. Here and the two states, uh, we know we know what is in the air, we know the feeling in the air, but we just want you to help us or guide us in you know understanding what is really going down there, especially in Ekiti State, because I believe that's where you are residing. Um, well, we we begin by get trying to get to know how important voting is in a democratic election. I mean, we know what this entails, and that will be asking you what your thoughts are about if Nigerians or Nigerian citizens, especially the youth who are focused, understand vote rights and obligation. Talking about this thing, 
to really understand how important they are. So tell us how important is voting in Yeah, thank you so much, Vivian. Um, once again, it's good to be on the show. Uh, straight to the point, um, elections of Ekiti and Oshun is one of the very interesting one. Um, you know, in a life situation, you could have the negative, the positive, and the interesting. So I chose to call <laughs> it. I like the way you put it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to put it as interesting because it's always come with a mixed, um, mixed reception, mixed reactions, mixed um, actions, because um, it's usually the lead up to the general elections. So um, whatsoever is achieved or whatsoever the space is able to accomplish uh, in a Kitty Anoshu uh, is usually like the litmus test for what uh, the general election may look like. Uh, in terms of preparations, in terms of planning, participation, representation, advocacies, education, civic education, and so on. So um, it's always an interesting one. So for me, uh, straight to your question of um, whether the youth in particular, which is uh, my own constituency, um, is quite at par with what is happening and the question of what is actually happening. First, let me start from Ekiti State. Uh, yes, a couple of weeks back, um, 26th and um, 27th of uh, January uh, 2022, we had the Ekiti it's a primary elections of the two major parties. And of course, several other parties uh, had their own primary election to select uh, the flag bearer of their respective political parties. Uh, so for the 26th, um, we saw the outcome of the PDP primary election. And of course, the 27th, uh, we saw the outcome of the APC primary elections. Uh, there were quite a number of uh, reactions to those primaries, uh, whether on social media and so on and so forth. But let me start by saying that um, it's already the beginning of the process. Uh, whereas obtaining the form and um, nomination form and all other preliminary activities actually came before the primaries. For example, let me state here, because all of these things has to do with youth. Um, I, I read exactly. and I, I think it, it, it was correct that um, the nomination form and all the fee that goes for a candidate of PDP is about 21 million 500,000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean looking I mean, at that, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And of course, for PDP, it's about 22 million or a little around that. Um, Quite exorbitant, what? one would say. I mean, yeah. I, I, so, still, I, still, I, I still can't find the words and, I, and I'm repeating I mean, I don't know what to say, but I'd like to hear you talk to us about Yeah, that. yeah. Go ahead, because, um, for example, in People Democratic Party, Ekiti State, we had... Um, the record of about 17 contestants who were able to pay this money because I know they didn't or they couldn't wow. have gotten the for free. Uh, so yeah, whatsoever, that's huge. 
whatever internal arrangements it was in PDP, we got mm -hmm. a link 17 participants uh, for that uh, wow. primary. And that's interesting. For APC, I think it's between Very seven and eight. Seven and eight were able to obtain the form. Um, for youth, the question, the big question is how many youth of average means cannot can afford this kind of that's the, um that's that's the question yeah that's because you are going to take me to a level where you will want me to answer the question of voter party and all of that i need to lay this foundation that something lead up to something before somebody got interest for example so where are the average life uh spendings or let me say the the average income of a yes. youth in nigeria is probably not going to uh meet up such demands because it's already a demand if you are not able to take the form that's already the way out of that contest and uh, if i move away from the form election financing on its own beyond the form it's a huge one in Nigeria. And so you, you have such kind of threshold that an average youth may not be able to afford. Uh, beyond that, you want to start talking about um, um, the necessary obligation to get yourself in the face of the people. You want to talk mm -hmm. about uh, necessary obligation to run your campaign, even if eventually exactly you emerge the flag bearer and mm -hmm. on on and on like that all of these things are what matters to the youth so for me in the kitty state it has begun yeah in Osho states we have the february 19th and uh, of course 7th of march slated already the question is how many youths can afford these forms secondly and then okay go ahead yeah sir. okay okay <laughs> The, the second point, before we even move away from voting and how the youth understand voting, I'm trying to let you know that one of the understanding of the youth about democracy, voting, and all its processes, I mean, the electioneering process, is it is the language of money. That is one of the facts amongst the youth. So yes. in addition to that is the fact that um, you now probably need to source a means which now brings in the general factor of whether resource mobilization through several means and one of which is godfatherism and sponsorship <laughs> yeah the big question around that except we want to be here to deceive ourselves and you didn't call me to deceive the people anyway of course definitely we're yeah. having a true discussion here is that if you invest in me or if if you invest in a candidate, it's an investment. You expect returns. So where will the return come? And um, which allocation will be for the returns when the time comes? So these are some of the things that um, voting looks like or election or politicking looks like in Nigeria. And quickly, let me add that voting is actually our means of select of of selecting of appointing who will represent us so it's something that 
we should actually understand beyond the challenges. I've just started on the note of the challenges. Yes. Monetizing politics is a challenge in Nigeria. But let me quickly say that youth do not or probably do not 100% uh, understand what voting, what politicking, and what democracy, what their role is in the democratization of a, of a country like Nigeria. So voting, right. straight, voting is for you to engage in the decision of who is to represent you. Another important thing is that voting suggests to me that you are actually patriotic. In the introduction, right. you did mention it's our right, it's an obligation, but it's, it's right. the law that persecutes someone who does not vote, for, for example. So, <laughs> if you really want to be patriotic and you really yeah. want to yes. fight your right, you should vote. And another thing is this. Exactly. Whether you vote or you do not vote, you will eventually have some people decide your faith so long you are a citizen of Nigeria. So it's, it's like when I was in the university, yes. there is a course we took on uh, management. One of the definitions that stood out for me about decision-making is that decision or indecision is actually a decision. How do I mean? If you decide not to decide, you have actually decided. Decided. Yeah. So because of that, you're not voting. You have decided. You have given a leverage or a platform for somebody to decide, but for you. And whatsoever for is you. the outcome, exactly. will have strong and absolute impact on you, so long you are still a citizen of that particular society. So for me, I think we, the youth, we have not yet understood what voting is or what our role is in um, the democracy that we are talking about that is a bit uh, over 20 years old already in Nigeria now. Okay, if you don't mind me um, coming in there, from what you have just run us through, you just run us through some interesting points, which I feel it's important we touch on a few of them. Uh, or basically two, two oils of the main points you've raised. One is the exorbitant uh, fee marked out for just from buying. And um, it's crazy. It's, uh, uh, and, like you, and like you rightly pointed out, how many youths can afford this? And that begs the question of, could it be deliberate? Is it something, because people keep, there's, there's this notion that ah, we are being, you know, we are being caught off from this thing. We are being marginalized. We are being, um, we are not allowed access. So could this also be a deliberate um, attempt? That's a question to be answered, and I, I don't know. And then another thing, another point is yes, you have just raised very this very salient point, which is whether whatever it is if you're not making a decision you have already decided if you're deciding to vote you have also made a decision so the point now is 
going by what you said about the youth not really having the full knowledge of what their their rights are in terms of votes in terms of the democratic system or whatever how do you now or what would be your your suggestion or your your advice in ways this should be made known to them or help them understand what it really means i know that's what of course we are doing here as we you know try to help them see and and open their open their minds and and, and reason to see the importance i'd like to also hear you on this so All right. thank you so much i i think is is a yes and no, the question of is it a deliberate action to marginalize the youth? It's a yes and no. Yes, because who are those at the helm of affairs of these respective political parties making the decision of how much a firm goes for? Who are those? They are probably the well-to-do in the society, the big guys, I mean, probably very probably less than 20% composition will be youth. So if I am not there, like it is in programming, there is nothing without us. I mean, there is nothing for us without us. So if you really want some for me, you need to allow me to be there. Allow me, yes. It's more like you can't shave my hair in my absence. So I have to be there for you to shave my hair. it's a good Yoruba adage, but uh, <laughs> we tell you there are many things that can happen. Um, but yeah, that's in your absence. Yeah, yeah, that's on lighter. But the truth is that's this: right. the people deciding some of these um, um, factors and uh, indicators of who to come and who not to come, they are also the people running the system, and a very infinitesimal percentage is youth. And so I want to say, yes, it is what they think they can afford that they put up. They probably are not putting to consideration what the youth can afford. So until youth now begin, and that quickly lead up to the question of how then do we remedy some of this uh, apathy and behavioral issues and so on and so forth. Until the youth starts engaging in partisan politicking. I mean, practice partisan politics. Be there, participate at all levels, both at the world level, local government, state, yes. national. The youth will have to be part. The youth will have to be part of the executive, the structure of political parties. Uh, um, and of course, so poor, I won't say it's sadden, but let me say it's a bit poor that some of the youth representatives, and by the way, some of the youth representatives may want to forge their age. They may be 50 and they tell you they are 35. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but there go. Some of it, the youth representatives. We call that a phenomenon have, now. <laughs> In Nigeria. It, it happens. And uh, funnily, the other day I was seeing a poster, maybe it was a caricature, it was just to make fun of it. I was seeing a, 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 a man contesting for woman leader, <laughs> women leader <laughs> of a particular 
them as being <laughs> but I mean, it's also <laughs> something. It's also something that is worrisome because I mean, that's that's deception yeah. also, and we know what that implies. So, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> and um, sincerely, those that are even youth leaders or youth representatives, whether male or female, how much of their voices is heard in their respective political parties? Where are their voice? I mean, what are they saying? Are they defending their constituency? So that's on its own why I said it's deliberate. But why I said it's not deliberate is because, like you said earlier in that adage, if you are not there, you may not want to start questioning how they did it yes. or how I mean it. So when the youth have decided to take the back seat, well, who is there will decide. So uh, it's a yes or no on that note. But again, I know of political parties, even though the bigger parties were talking 20, 20 million and above, I think I read of a political party that brought it to as low as 9 million. But again, 9 million in Nigeria, present day of um, the economy crisis and uh, all whatnot, COVID-19 and, and the likes of things that has happened to small and medium scale enterprises, is not something too cheap to be afforded by a youth. So, right. all together, I want to say that, yeah, it's a way to really screen out, tactically screen out tactically, the vulnerable. The yeah, okay. the vulnerable. And when I mean the vulnerable, I mean the youth and the women. And it's, so, and it's sad because within this, uh, uh, within this um, uh, groups of people, uh, people uh, are individuals who would likely do do very well given the opportunity. I mean, brilliantly well. You are very correct. Um, they, this this these persons um, have the agility. They have the ex. They, they have the the energy. They have right. the voice when it comes to technology. They have the the network. They That's have. Right. It's, except you want to start talking of experience, which can be can be learned and can be mentorship can actually handle that. It's not I mean, until you of course you because you, you can't you can't expect somebody to gain experience without undergoing some sort of mentorship or going through it. It's just like uh, on the, on the on the lighter note though, where you have uh, you know job opportunities that will require you having ten years experience before you come into it. <laughs> I wonder where they want you to get that experience. So it's funny. It's really Honest. funny. I mean, so, so, so the question of how then do we uh, mitigate or address the voter party amongst the youth in particular? Yeah, kudos to organizations like KDI and uh, the sponsors and several other organizations. Well, my organization, Bamin Gilead Foundation for Sustainable Development, also does that a lot, but for women majorly, it's quite you commendable. Well done. Yeah, yeah, you do continuous education, civic education, right yes. education around politics, around po women political participation, youth participation in politics. You continue to do it. These are behavioral change issues. And remember that the youths didn't just wake up one day to become what they are. It grew yeah. over time. The corruption. Right. I, I think this will quickly lead me. Uh, because I know we probably will get there. 
So question yeah. of why political apathy? Literacy is one. So mm-hmm. if you want to address illiteracy, you try to bring in education to make right. such individual literate. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about education obtainable in the four walls of the university. Of the university, yeah. And we don't I'm, need to I'm, go to the class to get this education, yeah. do we? Yeah, correct. Absolutely. So I'm talking about peer-to-peer learning. I'm talking about um, um, outreaches. I'm talking about um, group learning, group group education. I'm talking about even compound meetings, as mm-hmm. low as compound meetings uh, that right. can now reorienting the people of, yeah, I did admitted that youth probably did not know the power in voting. That's why they have left it. And leaving it does not make any change. So if we start with education, which is what KDI is doing, and um, well, again, commendation to KDI because um, education is now beyond, like I said, the four walls of the schools. Right. It is also beyond the traditional education of holding shocks and markers. You have to go technological. And you have to go you are so busy because you, you challenge them that they don't have experience so they go everywhere getting and uh, trying to search for experience uh, so you have to they devise have to means rightly channeled yeah you have to devise such means as this technologically inclined means of getting the messages across to them so when you are just doing rally or you are just making some education in your Obas Palace. How many just on the peripheral, like yeah. we see these so, things happening? It's it's like something that we need to start looking at in the development sector. Is something I call minimum prevention package. So it's actually pack a package, but it has to have like minimum of maybe three or four intervention before you tell me you have reached youth. Um, exactly. You get to beat them via the social media. You get to take it on their tablets. You know, their tablets is more like their friends now since the communal system of living is fading off. So you get messages to their tablet. You also try to target their peer meetings, maybe in the university, in the squares. You target that. Then, of course, radio, TV sometimes. And of course, that edutainment. What I mean by edutainment is education plus entertainment. Entertainment, um, yes, entertainment. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It works a lot. It works a lot. Trust me, it does. And, and the delights are some of the things that will bring about this education. Then again, I, I don't want to, to stop. Even if it is the one more thing you will ask me to stop over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me just come in there. Right. Let me let me come in there. Obviously, Mr. I, Mr. Nelson, you have got it so loaded in, and you are ready to point out. But let's 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 um. Yes, it's important. You've made very salient points, and we cannot but continue to talk about this. There is no too much talk about it. We will continue, like you have said, we'll continue educating the people. We have to continue letting them know how this could impact their lives. And of course, for you you out there listening to us, you don't have to sit on the sidewalk. Like Mr. Nelson rightly said, you sit at the the 
back chair or back seat, you, yeah. it's, no, it's no more the time. You have to come to the front seat and take your position. And that's what we are talking yeah. about. That's why we're having these mini talks. That's why these conversations are important so that we know what our rights are, we know and exercise them correctly. Well, um, let's, let's move away, Mr. Nelson. Let's move away from the, the, the <laughs> from the voters and the um, and, and, and the party leaders or what have you. Let's let's come down to the government now. They're talking about um, the government. I mean, the bodies uh, saddled with the responsibility of making sure elections take place in the, in the country, and that's talking about INEC. Um, a lot of expectations about you know on the part of the INEC but I just want to ask you the question do you think that INEC is, is meeting up with his deliverables as far as you know the as far as their mandates for these elections are concerned because we're looking at awareness creation you know timely distribution of the PVCs because I keep saying it, there cannot be elections without PVCs people cannot come out and vote without PVCs so and we know how important this is. Um, INEC is there to make sure this, um, you know, dots these I's and, and, and cross this teeth. So what, in your opinion, what can you say regarding this? Thank you so much. Um, INEC, yeah, INEC is an institution of government and um, they have their mandate. Um, if you ask me, yeah, expectation is so much high. Uh, but I, I wish you also asked me, what is the preparation of Nigeria like for INEC? Because expectation... Wait, I'm, ask, I'm asking you now. <laughs> you are asking okay. me, asking the results. You are not asking for the preparation that should produce the results. So my question right. is... Us, the Nigerian government, what is the preparation for INEC before we start expecting results from them? INEC is it fully funded? Is it properly funded? Is it timely funded? That's on one hand. Okay, those, those, are, the, those are the questions. Go ahead. Why? What do you make out of the composition of INEC? By, by now, Nigeria being probably the, the largest black country in the world or probably the largest black country in Africa, the, the, there is a name we call ourselves, the mother of Africa or what? Um, giant, giant of Africa. Thank you, thank you, giant, giant of Africa. Africa. Mm -hmm. What has happened to our technology? For example, look at this issue of electronic transmission of results. At this age, after 20 years of cons after more than 20 years of consistently practicing is a, a, a particular thing, and you are saying we cannot. But we we've been doing it on other things. Yeah. So the question of how have we helped the preparation of high should come first? And I have posed it to both government and advocates. How is INEC funded? How is INEC capacitated? How is INEC enabled to deliver? Then we right. can now come to the question of what is the delivery and deliverables. Okay. Yeah, deliverables are written everywhere. They are in black and white. But 
why they may not be able to deliver well is because of the underlying issues. The corruption on one hand, um, lack of uh, proper preparation, funding and the likes, capacity of both uh, the institution itself and its staff, and so on and so forth. So, well, let me say by the timetable, which is uh, what I just downloaded a couple of hours ago, they are living up to that deliverable of saying, okay, for its election between January 4th to probably uh, February, um, we get to um, submit uh, nomination form. There is this timeline that they have set between okay. so and you submit your flag bearers uh, information and all of that. They are living up to that. But if you ask me about sensitization, taking a kitty 2022 election, which is coming up June 18 as a case study, I will say I is not up to their uh, up to our expectation for them when it comes to sensitization. Because primary elections have started. So when best do you sensitize people? When do you disabuse their mind from money collection, the monetizing the election yes. itself? Is yeah, it when they are the so buying thing and all that has to do with that? People's appetite have been have been spiced up and they are just waiting for June 18 so that they can collect the remaining balance of what they have gotten in the primary. Is that when you want to wait? So no. So, so sensitization education should have started long before now. And if you ask me another best time for it to start is today. So I next. For example, right. sensitization should begin now. But those, no, you know, I have worked I mean, with. I no time is too late. It's not too late now. We can still make use of the time available to us going forward. I, I, I have worked with Tynec as hardock staff right from probably 2010 uh, till date, both at NYC as a core member. I, I begin to wonder okay. how many millions of worth of materials posters, stickers get wasted at the end of every election without it getting to targeted audience because they got in so late, maybe two, three days before election or a few days to the election. So they are no longer useful. And one just can imagine the waste of resources that goes down. I billions mean, that's of money. That's billions of Naira. I neck it is if you, of course, you can't do it alone. Work with civil society organization, work with partners yes. to get this out. Why you continue exactly. to do the administration part? Delegate, give out responsibility to people to start doing this for you. After all, the money will be allotted at the end of the day. So yes. that's again, some of this issue of uh, not trusting the system comes in from the- and Of course, synergy, synergy produces more results as we know. Absolutely. So I, it's 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 more like uh, um, you know an advice, and I I I feel, and I I think it is one to be adhered to. They can yeah. take this take take this take this um these measures and see to the, the, the see to it that the they actually deliver timely response. for their responsibilities. Once once they are able to do this, uh, it's going to be easier to administer the election properly and of course uh, we hope for the best uh, for this upcoming of circle elections i hope that uh, all the all the challenges of the fct election 
just this last weekend will be mitigated in a kitty election. We don't want to see several of these things keep repeating itself for the past 10 years or more. Um, so, yeah, INEC okay. can actually deliver. The system, the policy, the legal framework is there. The resources should be there. Then um, people should at least know for once that well, whatsoever <laughs> tables will be for all of us. Exactly, exactly. Thank you very much for that one. Very striking. Um, well, it's been quite an engaging uh, interaction with Mr. Nelson. And don't forget, listener, it's still the hashtag ready to vote um, podcast series here on your darling radio access. Um, the discussion will continue in a bit. Don't go nowhere. Stay with us. This is Radio Access. You, you. Democracy. Democracy and talks. And talks. All right. Welcome back. We continue our discussion with uh, Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson, you were um, telling us about what IMEC can do better to achieve, you know, positive, more positive results. Well, now I want to ask, looking at what has been discussed, even looking at you are in equity state, and um, you see the political landscape better now, better than we do. You have, um, uh, of course, obviously a very uh, good knowledge of what is going down there. What are the likely challenges you think may be experienced as a result of this voter apathy we've been, we've been gonging about? Bear in mind that it's, it's obvious reasons and uh, what, would you, what would be your advice? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, voter apathy, like I said, that is truth. And if we must do anything, let's search for the Ruth and try to address the Ruth cause of voter apathy. And um, yes, yes, of course, we are looking at this, this challenges that may come because of this. Yeah. We already so, know what this is. So okay. you, are, you, are, you are knowledgeable in this. You know what is going down there, over there. So just share okay. with us what you think this challenges may be. And let's see how we can likely avert these challenges. All right. Um, so one of the major challenge uh, that um, I foresee, even though I am an advocate of um, um, segmenting or uh, disaggregating information. So challenges for youth might not be the exact challenge for women. So let, let me talk okay. about youth and I will attempt one of those information about the women. For the okay. youth, I know that one of the bits, because of the institutionalized poverty that is currently in the country, one of the bits will be money. Uh, so, despite seen in the past. yeah, despite all the policies and we, I, I am foreseeing that monetization of this election may eventually cause voter apathy. Uh, because it is going to be who can spend more or most. Yes. And uh, that in itself has a way of affecting our trust 
in the system. So if you are a genuine voter who quest for change, you probably will right. want to stay off because uh, you will know the 5,100 naira or 200 naira or a cup of rice. It's not your work. And so you don't even want to get you don't want to get messed up in the process. And again, uh, another thing that may really, really become uh, a source of apathy is violence. Violence in um, the political process itself. So whether it is um, the political activists versus uh, their opponents, or whether it is just an onlooker or a bypasser that is going to be affected. As much as possible, I really want to say to the youth, and we are unfortunately the instruments of violence, one of the tools of violence. Exactly, of the exactly because they, 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 they are usually the target, and, and um, these this, this people know how to really get to them. Yeah. So we are both the perpetrator and the recipients because uh, when you check the statistics of how many persons will be the perpetrators, you see higher percentage of youth. If you want to search for the victims, those who died or those who were maimed or who were eventually, I mean, bruised. It's, it's, it's quite unfortunate and, and really depressing, I must confess. Sincerely, and this can, in, on its own, lead to voters' apathy. So, I want to sincerely appeal, as a way of proffering solution, that you let's let's begin to let's begin to get things right. You are not worth the price of a gun. You are not exactly. worth the price of the cutlass. You are and not of course, worth nobody's and nobody's ambition is worth anybody's life. Anybody's Any youth's life anybody's no, no, no. blood no no exactly. so, so i i want to appeal that this is really looked into both by the election administrators by the election i mean secure i mean by the security by even advocates the civil society organization and, 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 and if you don't mind me adding by parents who should parents. speak to their children exactly. and help them understand the need to 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 vote peacefully to go out there and do the right thing, to stay off violence. Yeah, yeah. So another important Parents thing can is, play uh, I believe so. Absolutely, absolutely. Every child, every youth is a That's product right. of a family. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely, I do agree with you that um, yeah, parents can 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 actually have a change of mind and begin to talk to their words. Another important thing is um, uh, when you now see the level of preparedness of election administrators. Uh, militarization of election is another thing, but let me quickly touch on the preparation uh, by INEC and all other election administrators. By the time you start hearing that because so, so, so materials were not on ground, they are postponing election or they are trying to you are already watering down the, the eagerness in the yes. heart of electorates. So yes. preparation should start from now. We still have yes. about a couple of months away from the election. Let every hand be on deck. Yeah, and the question in. now even becomes, why do I want to waste my time? Who knows when, if this will be shifted again, if it will be postponed again. So, I mean, I, I, like, as like, much like as possible, they should work on it. 
Yeah, and again, I did mention militarization of election. Election is is supposed to be something like funfair, like like carnival, like 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 pleasant. Because you're you're freely coming to give yourself. You're freely coming to say, "This is who I want to represent me," and I proudly cast my votes without having to be faced with any violence situation or environment. You know. So, unprofessionalism on the part of our security agencies should be checked, and it can be checked now. Especially if if the if the question is that we do not have um, security agencies that are well trained about election management, why not? Let's go for training. This is nothing bad. You don't know everything. You probably were trained to combat crime. Yeah, election is not crime. Election is not war. So yeah. go for training. It's a straight up thing. Go for training and know your... In fact, I, I get so much uh, perplexed when I see the conduct of some security operatives during election. You are supposed to protect lives. You you are now accomplice, except that uh, we could not uh, probably track you down. Very disappointing, you I mean, scenarios to, 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 you know, to watch. So I really want to advocate that um, our security agencies should really be trained on election management. It is not war. It is not a battlefield. It is election. And I think training and retraining is not bad in this contest. So uh, with some of this, if we really mitigate or address some of this, I think um, apathy will be lower than ever before. And um, if apathy begins to win in any election, then you begin to see people saying, yeah, he's our leader because we voted him. And again, leaders should be ready to be accountable. Why why people, especially youth, do not even want to go near the ballot um, stations is because even those guys that we elected, that were our classmates the other day, just because you are a councillor, you are now riding uh, one Vensa, and you think (laughs) you are already told on that my classmates, um, you know, I, I it's, think it's, it's a it's only ways. Um, the definition of wealth and success in Nigeria is still money and uh, material. So exactly. it is not far away from that, and that is why. And it's sad. Uh, and 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 of course, we know the definition should be the impact you are able to make, the lives you are able to touch, the changes, yeah. the, the 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 good changes you are able to bring, uh, you know, to the center, and that that's what makes it all. Well, that's the, the much we can take on this episode of the hashtag ready to vote. We want to thank you and thank you and thank you again, Mr. Nelson Akerele. Thank you for uh, joining us for the discussion today. It's been quite an engaging one. And, and, and I'm sure our listeners out there really, really appreciate the, the, the knowledge sharing and, and the information you, you know, given out in a platter of gold. Thank you very much sir, once again for being here with us. Well, thank you for uh, having me. You're welcome, sir. Well, Alistair, thank you also for being there to listen to us. We hope to bring you more engaging topics or more engaging uh, conversations in the next episode. And don't forget, you can also be part 
of this conversation. And how you do that is to, you know, go online and follow the radio. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on on our social media handles. I mean, follow us online using our social media handles. And it's at KDI Nigeria for Facebook and for Twitter it's KDI, um, KDI underscore NG. We'd really love to have you chat with us. Tell us what you feel. Tell us, uh, share your opinions with us and we'd really love to have you. Thank you very much. Um, it's been a nice one interesting uh, uh, time being with you. Well, uh, we're going to call it a day and we're going to draw the curtains here. But like I always say, remember that every citizen of the state is a stakeholder whose voice can make a difference. You know, but it has to be beyond taking points. I mean, talking points, we'll have to take it to action points. And that's what we are calling you to get involved Get your PVCs, come out, queue, and vote. It's part of the sacrifices you have to make. Also, remember, it is our collective responsibility to safeguard our democracy. Well, until next episode, I remain your host, Vivian Odoze Obilon. Bye for now. This is Radio Access. You, you. Democracy. 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 And talks. And talks.